Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, Welcome. to Warriors Wrap-Up. Wrap up. Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area. Ryan Curry gets the pick from Draymond, splits traffic, steps into a three, it's up and no good, rebound deflected away, Looney hustles it down, back up to Draymond, 15 seconds left, Curry for three right side, got it, nailed it, timeout Utah, Warriors up one, but there's 13.4 left on the clock, they rise as one here at Chase Center, and disaster averted, for the Golden State Warriors as Stephen Curry along with Kevon Looney and a little bit of Draymond Green save the day. The 29-9 Utah run uh, ended after the Warriors built a 105-87 lead with 7.39 to go. They were down two, but Stephen Curry able to knock that one home and the Warriors wind up staying hot and getting another win against the Utah Jazz, 119-116. So they take the season series against Utah, Ryan Covey, another home win, 12 of the last 17 in the win column, and the Warriors also officially clinch a spot in the play-in tournament with three games to go. So all in all, a good night for the Warriors uh, that uh, could have very close to not being a great night, but it wound <laughs> up working out for them. Yeah, and they clinch a 500 record. They won't have a losing record this year. So the last year was the one-off, and we all know why that went down. You knew Utah was going to make a run, and I'm going to go – I'm going to flip positive. Like, the Warriors, this turned into a game where late-game execution was required, and I felt like the Warriors were much more poised. After that second Jordan Clarkson three-point play, I thought, uh-oh, like – this is bad. We've seen this movie before. They got the bucket on the ensuing possession. Uh, and then, of course, they were able to, to knock down the big three. Uh, terrific offensive rebound by Kavon Looney. Uh, he's just been a, a, a monster on the glass of late. So, yeah, great great team win. Uh, we knew Utah was the best fourth quarter team in the NBA, and they were going to make their run, and they did. Once Steph checked back in, J.D., I thought, well, this is probably good, but as soon as you relax against the, uh, you know, the soon-to-be sixth man of the year and Jordan Clarkson, uh, he got hot, and this thing got dicey. But, hey, they got, it, they got through, and that's really all that matters. You know the old deal, J.D., they don't ask how. They just ask how many. 
Yeah, 24 of Jordan Clarkson's 41 uh, in the fourth quarter uh, as he led the Jazz to that two-point lead with uh, just over a minute to go. The Warriors actually uh, missed, and then Utah had the ball. The Jazz had a chance to actually make it a two-possession game, so the Warriors able to get the stop, then get the offensive rebound. Uh, Draymond setting up Steph again. It it had to be him, right? And then uh, the Warriors able to get a stop, and then a hell of a – a heads-up play by Draymond Green on the rebound to call timeout so he's not the one going to the free-throw line. Uh, and then the Warriors, uh, I, I think, you know, getting the ball to Steph. Uh, they, they, they handled all of that in, in the final minute just absolutely beautifully. Uh, and, you know, it's always easier said than done to foul on that final possession. The shot that Jordan Clarkson wound up taking uh, tells you why. Uh, you know, that that's one where it looked like maybe maybe Bazemore was going to get him, uh, but he was able to avoid the contact, and uh, the Warriors walk out with their 22nd home victory of the season, so 22-11 and 11, uh, for the Dubs at home with the game tomorrow night against Phoenix, and then the Pelicans and Grizzlies at Chase Center to follow that. So uh, just, just a nice win. Uh, I don't know what it is about Jordan Poole against the Utah Jazz in the two games head up. Uh, inside Chase Center, but but he brought it again. Uh, 20 points tonight off the bench, 6 of 11, 4 of 9 from 3. You go back to March 14th. Jordan Poole, 18 points uh, in, in that basketball game, which was won by the Warriors. And uh, don't sleep on the bank in three to close the third quarter. Uh, that winds up being the difference in a three-point game. Yeah, muy importante in Espanol, J.D., very important for this basketball team, and it's amazing. Uh, Jordan Poole, when he's starting to hit some threes, uh, get a little bit of that confidence back. Uh, You know, last game against OKC is his first time above 50% from the field in the game. It would have been, what was it, 22 out of 23 games, something ridiculous like that. So good for him uh, building on that. And, And look, they needed every bit of that 20 points tonight. It was funny, that bank shot, he knew it was going in too, J.D. Like, he already he kind of had the arm in the air. He felt like he had the angle. They're going to need contributions from Jordan Poole. Like, we didn't know that this was what it was going to take for the Warriors with this eight-man rotation, but Oubre down, Wiseman down, Pascal down. Like, guys got to step up. And, you know, tonight Jordan Poole delivered a big 20. And on a night where Steph doesn't have it from three-point range, he still gets his, and that speaks to to his brilliance as well. I mean, he was really aggressive attacking the basket when he needed to. He's such an adept finisher around the cup. Obviously got to the line 12 times, knocked down 11 free throws. So just a, a really solid team win. But you look around. Steph got his 36, but... Bazemore, 19. He's in double figures. Wiggins, 14. You mentioned Poole's 20. Draymond gave you 12. Like, it's amazing what 12 points from Draymond Green will do to the rest of this basketball team. So um, Utah was always going to make their run and good on the Warriors. They got it done and closed them out tonight. Another five and double figures night for the Warriors of the eight that are playing, and, and that becomes extremely important. And it was a night where the, the Jazz did make life difficult on Stephen Curry flat out in, in his 37 minutes, three of 13 from three, but Steph able to hit the big one. Uh, Steph getting to the free throw line, though, tonight I, I think was important. Uh, 11 of 12 from the free throw line in this one, and that helped uh, him have a more efficient night uh, you know, to offset the, the the three of thirteen from three, no doubt. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey is. Uh, we'll be with you 
Uh, probably a little bit into the 11 o'clock hour. We got this one a, a little bit late tonight. Entertaining affair uh, at Chase Center uh, as the, the fans go home happy. 4,155 inside Chase Center tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I got to ask you, I, I know no Mike Conley. I know no Donovan Mitchell for, for the Jazz. But now that that's two games that we've seen the Warriors play against the Jazz here in, in the last couple of months uh, inside Chase Center, where you know, the Warriors have been highly competitive. I thought there were some similarities to, to tonight's game as as the the first game. Jordan Poole being one of them. Different ball game with 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 uh, obviously Conley and and uh, with Donovan Mitchell uh, able to to play in, in a possible series. But but does anything that you saw tonight, or, or maybe in the two games combined, uh, change your view of of maybe how competitive the Warriors could be if it winds up being them against Utah? Boy, it, it's it's going to be a tough ask to beat this Jazz team, uh, you know, in, in a seven-game series. To even beat them a couple of times, I think, would be big for the Dubs. Uh, obviously, every game's its own its own story, and you know, I, I think the way that they rebounded collectively tonight, and the way that they challenged shooters, particularly in the first oh, I don't know, forty. Two minutes of the game tonight uh, before things got a little bit dicey down the stretch. I thought the Warriors uh, were terrific communicating defensively. Draymond really being the catalyst there. But a lot of guys, I mean, Juan Toscano-Anderson, four steals tonight. He played 29 minutes. He was out there grinded seven rebounds, five dimes for JTA. I thought they forced a lot of turnovers by Utah uh, the first three quarters. Now, the fourth quarter, Utah really buttoned it up, no doubt. Um, but, you know, we saw for that first three quarters what the Warriors can do to, to be disruptive. And it's really the recipe that they'll, you know, have when they're playing well against any team, right? It's, it's great team defense, getting out in transition, uh, you know, working the ball around. And, you know, they can make life tough on Utah. Utah, they hit a ton of threes. But, like, any three-point shooting team that relies on it so much, when they, they go cold, they can go real cold. Uh, certainly Mitchell and, and Conley at a very different dynamic. We all know that. But, hey, you can only play the guys that are suited up for the other team. So, you know, seven-game series, I'd fancy the Warriors to get at least one, maybe two of the games, and you take your chances there. But um, Utah's still a damn good basketball team. They just had a rough night shooting the rock. But you give the Warriors credit defensively. Well, and, and tonight's one of those games that I think tells you how tough it's going to be because here you are up 18, they're playing without their starting backcourt, and they still wind up making a game of it and making you sweat and, and maybe even being sort of in control of it a little bit in the last minute. Uh, I, I mean, that, that game went from thinking the Warriors were probably good, as you alluded to, to thinking they're going to lose this game with a minute left. I'll admit, I went I went down the rabbit hole when the Jazz got the ball with the lead and thought, oh, yeah. oh boy, this has the potential to be another one of those games that the Warriors uh, you know, let slip away down the stretch. And, and what ultimately will it cost him? Will it cost him, uh, you know, being the nine seed instead of the eight and having to win a couple of play-in games versus not? Uh, but Kevon Ludi comes to the rescue. Steph and Draymond come to the rescue. And, and I think tonight, and I know Steve Kerr alluded to this uh, in his postgame media availability to me it was more like I'll give you the credit for the execution but to me it was more just 
kept competing. I know he said you yeah. know, they kept they compete. To me, it was it wasn't so much execution because there really was about a six minute stretch where they didn't execute much at all on either end uh, down the stretch with the big lead. But they kept playing, they kept competing, and when they got down, they didn't fold, which I, I think is is important for them to punch back against a team with the best record in the NBA after they got punched. I mean, how many times did we see the Warriors? when the Warriors were on top of the mountain, do exactly what Utah did to them tonight, and a team just completely falls apart and loses. The Warriors didn't allow that to happen tonight. No, no question. And look, we, we, I entertained the same fears as did anybody watching this game tonight, J.D. We've seen this movie play out how many times you would think. And this would be almost worse because, you know, it, it, they would be inventing new ways to lose games in crunch time. I mean, they, they had this thing on ice, man. It was, you know, you're thinking, okay, Steph's got to check back in. I think we all understand that. But, you know, maybe it's for a two-minute shift and you maintain that lead. You let him sit down, take the rest of the night off. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, and, and look, Jordan Clarkson, he had to take over this game. Uh, you know, he's the sixth man of the year. We know he's a dynamic scorer. He got it rolling. And, and you know, we saw it when the, they lost to the Wizards. Bradley Beal got it rolling like sometimes that's all it takes is a star player to get red hot and then you know the team starts to feed on it and starts to get stops like they got life and the Jazz will look at this game like man we just kind of ran out of time tonight and it's you know they're, they're going to look in the mirror and say well if we wouldn't have been down to this team you know by as much as we were then you know we have ourselves to blame for that but yeah I get I agree with you like this this was you know kind of a couple of different games there was the game where the Warriors built the lead then there was the game where the Warriors couldn't do anything. And then there was the game where the Warriors stared defeat down the barrel, but found a way to do enough to get the win. And it was it was hustle. It was it was all that. I mean, they, they like you said, J.D., they kept competing. So, yeah, three different chapters of this story tonight. And thankfully, it had a happy ending. 888-957-9570. We got a couple of calls on the board. Uh, let's get to Gal in Fremont. Hey, Gal. Hey, I was at the game, and I was really proud of how we denied entry passes to Rudy Gobert. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I think the Warriors did a nice job uh, against against Rudy Gobert uh, tonight. You know, for the most part, when you look at at his line, I mean, he got his boards. He didn't. It, there never really felt like there was any point in the game where and Gobert can do this to you, where he makes you feel like he's just dominating. Uh, you know, the interior, it, the, the game didn't really have that kind of a feel to it. He didn't block a shot tonight, right? He had three turnovers, no blocks tonight, one assist. I mean, you know, got you got up six shots. Like, with, with the Warriors being so shorthanded, uh, you know, down on the block, he should be able to beast in this game. I mean, last time they played, he had 29 freaking rebounds. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and so much of that credit has to go to Kavon Looney. I mean, you know, we, we talk about a lot of these different, you know, Steph's been on fire, two-way wigs, Draymond. We spent a lot of time talking about Jordan Poole. Like, we spent a lot of time talking about Kavon Looney. But what he's done, uh, just anchoring that front court and, and really – not putting all the onus on Draymond Green to be the re resolute defender, be the setup guy for Steph, and, oh, yeah, be the rebounding guy as well. Draymond's getting his boards, but, I mean, the last three games, Kevon Looney, 13 boards, 12 boards, 10 boards. First time in his NBA career he's gone three straight with double-figure rebounds. All right, let's get Skills and Vallejo in here before we uh, pause briefly. Uh, wh what's up, Skills? Hey, Ryan. Hey, John. Good to be on with you again. Uh, I agree. Kevon Looney deserves some praise, especially uh, to me for when Clarkson was driving to the basket late in the fourth quarter, very late, and uh, Looney stayed straight up with him. It was obvious Clarkson was trying to get fouled, 
and Looney didn't give in. Looney stayed straight up, and the layup missed, and uh, that was a big play by him down the stretch, and that was a uh, Oh, we got. lost it. Oh, we got you, Skills. Uh, that- All right, thanks for the call, Skills. We your line cut out there, and then and then I think we had you, and then and then we had to let you go. So, uh, but but a good phone call. Uh, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors get one of their one of their one of their nicest wins of the year. I mean, anytime you beat the team with the best record in the NBA, that's a big time win. Uh, people should be fired up about it, especially with this team playing as well as they are right now. Twelve of the last seventeen, and uh, you do it uh, twice to the team with the best record in the NBA, and it could be a team the Warriors are facing in the playoffs. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. More phone calls. People want to squawk tonight. It's Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey on 95.7 The Game. Down to 10. Shot clock at 6. Clarkson backs up. Pump fake. Goes to the corner. Oni for 3. No good. Rebound Looney. 2 seconds. 1 second. Jordan Poole from backcourt. Good if it goes. Bank it in! He banked it in at the buzzer! Well, Jordan Poole has watched Stephen Curry take deep shots after deep shots with the quarter winding down. Says, get me in on this act. Well, we, me and Steph shoot uh, half-court shots every day in practice, and I hit four today, so it felt like the perfect opportunity to get one up. We got fans back, too, so. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Ah, the great call there from Tim Roy. And not only does Jordan Poole watch Steph Covey, he participates, man. They, they, Steph's always taking those shots at practice, working on them, believes that's a, a big you know, key to, to his ability to make so many of them throughout the course of his career. And now it's it, it's the, the OG, uh, you know, p- kind of passing the torch as far as that that ability and, and the preparation to, to get yourself uh, in position to, to knock down a few of those here and there. Uh, good good stuff there from Jordan Poole into the quarter, but uh, I, I think the backstory is even better. Hey, you watch a dude that's been maybe better than anybody ever at doing it, and, and you start practicing it right along with him. Soak up some game, man. Like, it, it, Jordan Poole would be downright foolish if he wasn't trying to soak up everything he could for being around Steph Curry. Now, you're not going to be able to emulate the kind of things that he can do, but the habits, the work, the practice, the time a- away from the game, like, uh, the commitment, the like, all that's part of that championship DNA that Steph possesses. And, you know, Jordan Poole gets to get that glimpse where he puts in the work. And so, yeah, that's that's it would will help Jordan Poole exponentially. He probably won't be able to, you know, he's not going to be able to do the stuff that Steph can do, but certainly learn the process. And, and that will only make a guy like Jordan Poole better. It's game-recognized game, man. Like, he's soak it up from the OG. So good on Jordan Poole, and he should be throwing Steph Curry props. If, if I was in practice with Steph Curry every day, I'd be sitting around like, what else can I learn? Teach me something, Steph. Yeah, and another game we talked about what he'd done against the Jazz, but that's that's two real good games, I think, for, for Jordan Poole in a row. And, look, if he can finish, you know, come up with another one tomorrow and, and, and finish the regular season with a couple of more, I mean, all eyes are going to be on him. Uh, in the in the play-in games ahead and if the Warriors wind up in a playoff series because the Warriors rotation really isn't getting that much deeper. Like, they might get Damian Lee back. You know, we'll see about Kelly Oubre. But it, it really looks as if, you know, this is going to be the group at least through the play-in portion. So anything that Jordan Poole can provide 
uh, is going to be key. And, and when he and, and others are able to, to fill it up a little bit, it, it makes this Warriors team a, a lot more dynamic and a lot more capable of, of beating uh, you know, the Oklahoma Cities of the world uh, on one night, but then uh, the Utah Jazzes of the world on the next. Well, he shot 34% in April, and we could all see him from the field, and we could all see Jordan scuffling uh, 44% in the five games this month. So, you know, uh, clearly he's he's getting his confidence back, and he's a young player, man. Like, he's not a finished product. Uh, he was playing in the freaking G League a couple of months ago, and, and for good reason. There's talent, though. He's a first-round pick. So, yeah, he's going to he's gonna have his highs and lows, and when he starts to get that confidence, pulls one of those guys, man, it's going to ride that confidence wave, and he's going to get his 10 looks a game. It's just how many of him is he going to knock down and when he's knocking down this many you're liking the output and when he's knocking down you know two or three of them it's that's a problem so um good on jordan pool for, for staying committed let's get to mike and san rafael mike is up next here on warriors wrap up uh hey mike hey uh good evening uh, it was a great game i was uh, really happy to be there um you know the the ball movement through the whole game was really really good and i felt like uh where they almost blew it in the fourth quarter was, um, uh, you know, they, they changed their, uh, their, their ball movement and, and uh, either didn't pass it enough. There was an example where um, uh, Wiggins kind of ball hogged a little bit and got stuffed by a couple of big guys with a Gobert. And then there was another case where, uh, that I can remember where they passed it around too much and, and, they, and they had a turnover. And I think they just got to be more consistent with how they played the other three quarters and I think they would, you know, they almost gave the game away. They didn't get as much beat by the, uh, wouldn't have been beat by the uh, Jazz as much as they would have beat themselves uh, in that type of play. Thank you. Yeah, per- th- thanks, Mike. I-, I think that's a great call. And you you look at, I mean, th- teams can play differently once they get a lead. And I think the Warriors were, were pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Uh, it felt like they were in, in command. You, you didn't really think they were going to blow the Jazz out, but then they get it up to 18 uh, with 7.39 to go, and then they really did play differently uh, for, for a good four, five, six-minute stretch as, as the Jazz were coming back. A couple of buckets here or there just to offset. Was it going to be enough? But I, I think it was that, that quintessential not took the foot off the gas. I don't think the Warriors did that against the team with the best record in the NBA and, and the best fourth quarter team and all of that. But uh, I, I do think they, they did play differently, and then they let Clarkson get going. And Clarkson was awful for a good portion of tonight. At one point, he was a minus 26, and I think he made up, uh, what, it looks like he made up nine of that uh, just in the final seven minutes to finish uh, w- w- with 41 points. So still actually not a great night for Clarkson, uh, overall, but but he did everything he could to bring it back. They let him get going. He's one of those guys you got to be, you know, cognizant of once he hits a couple that because he can do what he did to the tune of of twenty four in the final frame. Yeah, a combustible element, and he you know he had the uh, the and one uh, to cut the lead down to two, and the Warriors were already scuffling. Uh, and on the ensuing possession, you know Wiggins ends up with a turnaround jumper that's contested. I mean, a really tough shot to make, and it was you know basically no ball movement. They tried a little split action, and then that got bogged down, and it ends up with Wiggins you know down on you know down on the on the post, and you know he tried that little turnaround, didn't hit, and then back the other way. Here comes Clarkson again, uh, you know coming in from the wing, and they you know. 
deal. They they just chip at him and, and reach, and so they commit the foul, but they don't, like, commit the foul. They don't actually – they commit the foul, but they didn't commit to fouling. You know what I'm saying? And so Jordan gets right to the bucket again, lays it in again, and, and then, you know, I know Steph hit the big three, so that's what we'll remember in the way that they finished it up. But on the ensuing possession, Steph with the bad turnover. He looked like maybe he could have attempted a little bit of a floater, and uh, he ends up throwing it away. So, yeah, they, things got a little tight, but, you know, they, they certainly found a way to reel it back in when it when it mattered most. Got a couple of stops, and, and I think that Bazemore bucket uh, was just a big, like, oh, that was a big sigh of relief. Like, they just needed to get something easy because you felt like if it was contested or if it was from out, you know, beyond the arc or, you know, a jump shot, like, it was going to have a hard time finding the cylinder. So that Bazemore layup was huge. Uh, and then, obviously, Steph, you know, hitting the three after uh, Looney's offensive rebound. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors beat the Jazz tonight, 119-116, to so they improved to 36-33. and The Warriors uh, three games over the 500 mark uh, here now with three games to go, and you look at what this does uh, for the Warriors tonight uh, in the standings. We'll hear from Steve Kerr here momentarily, but I want to run down some of the things that did happen tonight. Uh, the Grizzlies one tonight uh, at home against the Pelicans. So the Grizzlies now 35 and 33. So they're still a half game back of the Warriors. Uh, San Antonio beat Milwaukee tonight, which Ooh. was a, a much needed win uh, and actually blew them out, scored 87 points in the first half uh, against Milwaukee and uh, went on to win that game big. Uh, and that's a game they need, uh, obviously, to keep the Pelicans and, and even the Kings uh, off their heels. So the Spurs are in a much better position now uh, with a little breathing room as far as the 10th uh, team in. But they're still uh, two games back of the Grizzlies and, and two and a half back of the Warriors now with, with three to play. So they're trying to hang on to 10. But, yeah, they got a win they had to have. And then uh, another game in the Western Conference tonight, Portland beat the Rockets. So they maintain their uh, hold on the sixth seed. Uh, in the Western Conference playoff picture, and they are a game and a half up on the Lakers, who are still in seventh. So the Blazers a game and a half up, and they have the tiebreaker uh, over the Lakers. Both the Mavs and the and the uh, Blazers have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. So it's still looking uh, more and more like Lakers-Warriors, but again, with the Grizzlies keeping pace, you know, as we get down here to these final couple of games, the more likely it's going to come down to that final game uh, on Sunday to determine eight versus nine. Yeah, Memphis, they, they've got a, uh, you know, I would say a softer schedule. The, the Spurs messed around and gave the Bucks the J.D. throat punch tonight, uh, and, yes. and they needed that in a big-time way. Uh, and, boy, the, the Lakers, that was a, a big win for them yesterday against Phoenix to kind of catch their collective breaths, and they're hoping to have LeBron back for their game against the Knicks. And, really, the Knicks is their final big test. They've, they've got some some very winnable games after that uh, in their final three. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, still, we'll see a lot of basketball left, but, hey, poor. Portland has really got their groove back four in a row, eight and two in their last 10. We know Dallas is playing good basketball. So um, it, we could be on a collision course for uh, for Warriors Lakers. And I'll take the free roll. I'll take the shot with the Lakers at the Staples Center. Um, you know, it, it, the Lakers will still have a few games to kind of get their swag back. But um, holding off Memphis for the Warriors, that's got to get all of their focus right now, maintaining that A spot and getting that extra playing game. That's that's regardless of who you play, Portland, L.A., I don't care. Like, he hold on to that A spot plus two, JD. To me, I, I don't know. I know the playing tournament; it's it's cool, and and we're gonna be here for all of it. I think there is something to be said though for being in that eight because 
in a normal playoff year, you'd have been a playoff team. You know, and regardless of what happens in the playing tournament, and yes, it'll be disappointing if they don't get through. But I don't know. There's, I'm going to feel better optics-wise if they finish in the eighth spot, and I'll certainly feel better if they can go two and one in their last three and mess around and go 38 and 34 on the year. Well, and I'll, I'll put it this way. I mean, if you just do the eye test, like, and you look at the, the way that this year has played out for the Warriors, it, it, I mean, think about it. If, if you say, hey, the Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavs, Blazers, and Lakers were better than the Warriors this year, those seven teams, and the Warriors are the eighth team, I think we can look at that objectively and say, hey, that's the, that, that's the top eight in the Western Conference, right? So yeah, now, right. It, it, but if you lose to the Grizzlies or the Spurs, like I think you, and, and no offense to the Grizzlies, I think the Grizzlies are a nice young team. But if you're the Warriors and you put yourself in a spot where you basically lose to the Grizzlies twice over the span of, uh, you know, over the span of a couple of days uh, at that point and you don't make it because the Grizzlies beat you and then wind up, you know, what would that be? The Grizzlies taking three out of four against you head to head, you know, in, in the season to lead to the playoffs. I think that there's no doubt that would be a disappointment. And the Spurs, the, the same thing. I mean, no disrespect to the Spurs, but the Warriors are a, they're a better team than the Spurs, like like flat out. They, they just are a better team. So uh, there, there's I, I'm with you on that as we've started to see it all shake out. Like, it's fine if you're not the Lakers or the Blazers or the Mavs, although couple of those wins in in March and uh you know along the way here maybe the Warriors could have been wasn't meant to be the one and seven without Curry I think also hurts him I mean that was the other thing I jotted down tonight you know as the Warriors continue to play well here over this last month 35 and 26 with with Steph playing so I mean that and I think that becomes another you know for and that's with all the the games that they've let get away and everything 35 and 26 with Curry that's right in line with uh you know the Mavs and the Blazers now look uh, those teams have had their you know Damian Lillard's missed time McCollum's missed time you know Luca Porzingis like everybody deals with injuries yeah Mm -hmm. yeah those teams yeah Murray you know every every team deals with injuries so, uh, you know, and the Warriors are, are not as deep or talented in other areas as some of those teams to be able to, to hold themselves up. So uh, you get credit for what your record says you are. But uh, I, I just look at this and I agree with you. That, that, that was the long winded answer to say I agree with you. If you're better than the Grizzlies and the Spurs at the end of this thing, that that's good enough. If not, it's going to stink. Yeah, and I think when you look back at, at where this basketball team was, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, and obviously the the uh, Toronto game stands out. I mean, that was horrific, and I know there was no Steph, and, and Steph was dealing with the injury at that time, but, you know, they, they basically, I mean, let's face it, the, the four-point play by Bradley Beal, we'll just go ahead and call that rock bottom. Now, I know, you know, it was probably before that because you had the Milwaukee win in there, and that was a, a really critical win, and it, it really, you know, was the, the catalyst to Steph getting jump-started on this this really historic run that he's been on. But if the Washington game was was rock bottom, and it certainly was from a record standpoint as they were four games under five hundred. Think about what they've done since. Beaten Denver. Uh, you know, you play Boston down to the wire. You win in Philly uh, against the Sixers. Beat Denver again. Um, you know, they, they, they've had some really nice wins down the stretch. Now, the, the Dallas game sucked. 
There's no way around it. And, you know, they no-showed in what was a, a massively important game. But you get a win against Utah. And then, you know, for the most part, you've handled your business against the bad teams, too. Whooped up on the Kings. Got the Pelicans, you know, one of those two. Probably should have had the second one. Both against OKC. So uh, this team has picked the right time, and they've turned their season around. Because it was looking for a while, J.D., like, this team may just be destined to be 500 or below, and now we know they're going to be minimum 500 or above. Well, and, and this is the first time that the Warriors have been three games over 500 since the second, you know, going into the second to last game before the All-Star break, going into yep. Portland. They had that Portland-Phoenix, so you go all the way back to, to what would that be, going into play on March the 3rd. Uh, it was the last time. And, and you know, the irony in, in this, too, is the Warriors actually have a shot here. Uh, now, you I mean, you look at it, they got to win out to do it uh, at this point, but they have a shot to uh, basically reach a new high watermark for the season at the at the end of the season, which is which is pretty. You know, if they wind up plus six, they obviously haven't been plus five either uh, at any point with the 19 and 15. But. Uh, they, they could, you know, if they if they get the next two, they could they could get to plus five, and then obviously you'd have to finish it at plus six. But that that in and of itself, especially after they had the stretch where they went from four over to four under, I mean that's that's all the more impressive. And it's it, it it's you know the other part of this too is they've done it really shorthanded. And I know you know Pascal and and Wiseman and Ubre at times have been kind of clunky fits, you know, with this team. I do think. You know, they'd love to have Wiseman. You know, tonight would have been a perfect game for Wiseman to be in there down the stretch or, or, or at least get minutes in a game and watch it, you know, and, and be a part of, you know, the intensity of it all. Uh, so you don't get an opportunity to do that tonight, which I think is, is unfortunate. And, and Ubre, I think, you know, just having the depth of Ubre would be beneficial. But, but the reality is, you know, and the plus minus numbers would dictate this, you know, those players have been the toughest players to, to fit in on a regular basis. They haven't been around, and the Warriors have, have gone on this run. Yeah, no, no question. And, you know, they, they've been shorthanded a few other times this year and forced into, you know, a particular playing style based on the personnel that they have available to them. This hasn't been the total small ball because Kevon Looney's been playing so much. And, uh, you know, so they've but they, they still have been heavily relying on their jump shooting and their three point shooting. And really, as Steph's leading the charge. Um, but, yeah, you would hope just to get some reinforcements, not because, you know, a, a, a guy like Pascal or Damian Lee, that they're not, you know, earth movers by any stretch, but just to have a couple of more warm bodies so you just don't have to, you know, stretch these guys so much. But, hey, you know, we're running out of games anyway. So, you know, a guy like Juan Toscano-Anderson, probably pretty fresh at this time of year. Jordan Poole, uh, same thing. The guys I'm worried about are, you know, Steph, who's in great shape. We know that, but he's had to play so much. Draymond, you know, he's playing through Knicks. Clearly, Andrew Wiggins has gutted out some injuries this year. Kevon Looney has never been the picture of health in his career. The other thing that kind of occurred to me, too, J.D., is we're, we're going through this, the, you know, the season for the Warriors. They've beat everybody in the West except Phoenix. Like, everybody else in this conference, they've had success against, or, you know, the, the, <laughs> that team's had success against them, but... Phoenix has got them twice. Like, they owe the Suns one. You know, they touched them up one time, uh, you know, when they were at full strength. There was the other time where, you know, the Warriors basically packed it in, um, you know, before the break in the punt game. But they owe Phoenix one, and that's why I want to see them go get this one tomorrow night. Like, I want to see them beat every team in the West at least once this year, which I think would be an important box to check. Yeah, that would be a hell of a box to check, especially if, if it winds up being a team that, that you could see uh, down the line. 
uh, no doubt. And the Suns would be a team that the, that the Warriors could see down the line uh, in the postseason if they make it through the, the play-in tournament. So that yeah, that's a good that's a good one. That, that that's a real good one. And and yeah, the the matchups with the Suns. I mean, the Warriors have have been thumped by them a couple of times. But again, the one. The one doesn't even really count the last game before the All Star. I mean, it, it counts. I mean, the obviously, but oh, it counted. Th- there was <laughs> that that game. It, it counted, but I mean, that game. I, I don't you. even. I mean, I'm looking back. I'm thinking, did I even watch that game? Like, I don't even think. Yeah. I mean, we. I know we Nico did the post game show. I know we did the post game show that night, but uh, I, I don't remember. Like, for a guy that remembers everything, I don't even remember. I like, I don't remember anything from that game actually yeah uh, it was i, I hear I jordan Nico Poole did big got things. going a little bit yeah nico Mannion, he got he had his moments too in that game but it was a uh it was a brutal watch i watched it it was brutal but i do the way the reason that i really remember that game is because I, I bet the sun's big and they didn't just cover the spread they eviscerated it so that's why i remember that game all right uh let's hear a little bit from steve kerr uh, following this one, we'll also hear from uh, Steph and, and some Draymond as well. Uh, let's hear from Steve first on the Warriors' ability to finish this game after losing the 18-point lead. We competed like crazy. Um, obviously, uh, Jordan Clarkson got going, and uh, we couldn't couldn't stop him. He made some incredible shots and obviously uh, put a big scare into us. But I love the way we competed. We let them out of the bag a little bit in the fourth. Clarkson getting going, all the fouling early in the quarter hurt us. But as I said, um, our guys stayed with it. Steph hit a huge three on a night where he really didn't have the three-point shot going. But uh, shows you his confidence level and, and just how how clutch he is. So hell of a win against, you know, the team with the best record in the league. Hell of a win. Second time Warriors get a win. And I, I think that the point, uh, the initial point, which we touched on earlier about competing, but the other point, and, and you know, it doesn't matter with Steph. I mean, he could be two for 12. I mean, that, that doesn't matter. He'll make the next one, but, but that, that, that's a tough, I mean, when you're having a rough night and you're being defended, you know, it, it also goes to, to show you those scramble situations are, are, are difficult to defend because the Jazz were doing a job on him all night. They had just forced a missed, but then, you you know, the offensive rebound and the defense gets scattered and, and the Jazz were clearly thrown there. And, and as soon as he got the rebound, Kavon Looney, I thought, I'll bet you they end up getting Steph another three. Like, it was just in my mind, like, he's going to get another good look. And sure enough, Draymond winds up with it. And then when, you, when Draymond gets it, it's like, oh, that that's, you know, touchdown, right? Like, he's going to get it. It's only going to be, is he going to make it or not? And Steph uh, came through. Yeah, and, and that's really the story of Steph Curry. But no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I thought Utah did a really nice job. And we've seen what do good defensive teams do? They run everybody at Steph out beyond the arc. They, when, as soon as he crosses center court or if Draymond's, you know, the, the primary ball handler, as soon as he gives it up to Steph, they're trying to trap him. And they're throwing everybody but the freaking kitchen sink at him. Now, when the Warriors can beat that press, somebody should be open after that. I, you know, I'm not a big math guy, J.D., but if you got two, two and a half guys shaded towards Steph, somebody got to be open somewhere. So that's when it's important for the Warriors to keep moving the basketball. And then, you know, you could do a draw and kick and maybe relocate and find Steph again. Um, you know, as long as you got enough time on the clock. So, but yes, those scramble situations, that's where Steph's always going to find a way. And yes, he's never going to hesitate to keep shooting. He's Steph Curry, for God's sake. So um, this is not going to be something that's going to go away. Teams are going to keep doing this to Steph because when he's had his rough shooting nights, J.D., it's when teams have done a really nice job double teaming him and trapping him out deep, uh, which makes sense because that seems like the best way to defend Steph. 
Yeah, and that's something too. I think you you file away for if these two teams meet in a playoff series. It's you know Utah's a very well coached, good defensive team, and you know I you, you got to think in a, in a playoff series like Steph's still going to get his because he's Steph and he's that good. But how you know at what cost, right? Like right. How, what is it going to be? Twenty eight shots to get to thirty six or forty points, or or is it going to be you know one of the more efficient games? And again, tonight he offset some of that by getting to the free throw line, which I think was key. I mean, and, and the Warriors for, for Utah leading the league in three point makes, leading the league in three point attempts, leading the league in three point percentage. Uh, the Warriors wound up out making them from three by one, uh, and and the Jazz were were under thirty percent from three point range. They typically shoot thirty nine percent from the field from three point range. So. Uh, it's, you know, the Warriors did a nice job against Utah tonight defending them and, 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 and really winning in an area that typically is a strength for the Jazz. Let, let's hear uh, a little bit more from Steve Kerr uh, here uh, talking about Draymond Green. And, and this is a big part of a lot of the conversations we've had this year. Steve Kerr talking about Draymond in the big moments. Well, he's the ultimate competitor. He's the ultimate winner, and he thrives on competition. Draymond does not fare well in meaningless games. That's why last year was a struggle for him, and and he would tell you that. He would admit it. The games didn't mean much uh, given all of our injuries and where we were. We weren't going anywhere. This year has been so much fun for me as a coach to um, to watch Draymond bounce back from last year. Uh, his leadership has been fantastic. His words in the locker room are, are so powerful. The guys have so much respect for him because they know what he's accomplished. And uh, to me, this is... This has been one of his best seasons. I know he's been an all-star and defensive player of the year and, and all that, but given given our, our team and, and Draymond's position with the team and the talent that we've lost over the, the, the years, to me, this is, this is one of the best seasons of Draymond's career. So there you go. One of the best seasons of Draymond's career. I know we go back and forth, uh, Covey, from time to time about, you know, how much, how much of it is – is kind of, you know, gassing Draymond up versus how much of it is real. Uh, I think Draymond's making a hell of a case, though, for himself over this last month. There's no doubt. I mean, look, he, uh, absolutely. Did did he play as consistent all year as, you know, th- as I would have liked or I think a lot of Warriors fans? Probably not. But uh, and, and had he, I feel like this team might be in a better position. But I'm not taking anything away from what Draymond's done the last two months. Uh, he's carried this team defensively. Steph's success of late, uh, you know, to the level that he's taken at is directly tied to Draymond. So, yeah, man, he's he's been terrific. And Steve Kerr knows, like, uh, great coaches, J.D., they understand how to manage emotion, right, and how every player needs to be treated differently. He knows that he's going to get the most from Draymond when he's propping him up and, and, you know, talking about all the things that he does to help the basketball team. And, that, and Steve Kerr's wired that way anyway. It's not total coach speak, but I do think he understands the best way to get Draymond, uh, you know, the, the best out of him is, you know, by making sure that Draymond knows how much Steve Kerr appreciates the efforts and I don't know maybe tonight this was Draymond being motivated by the playing tournament he looked pretty freaking motivated to me JD yeah he was he was extremely motivated tonight and I mean you can see it like you you can see that he can sense maybe something special going on with this team and I think it reached a point really with both him and Steph where and it was we're not going to be embarrassed like I, I think I think right. when when they lost that game to Washington and the fashion that they did, 
and it felt like the thing was slipping away a little bit, and they're four games under five hundred at that point. And the, to me, Steph and Draymond, I'm not, I don't know if they got together or whatever, but from that moment forward, to me, they've both collectively made the statement to everybody on the team, in the organization, in you know the city, in the area, in the world. We're not going to be embarrassed. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna jump out and and wind up you know being an under five hundred team or being a team that's you know just gonna not even make a play in tournament with 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 the championship level experience that we have. And so I I think they both deserve a lot of credit for that. You cue up that early ninety Cypress Hill JD. We ain't going out like that. I mean I'm telling you and. This year, that's why I know if like, oh, this year doesn't matter. They need to suck for a pick. And nah, man, this team won 15 games last year. Like this is the Gold State Warriors. They went to five straight finals and won 15 freaking games last year. You want to tell me that this team's got a an opportunity to get back in the hunt in the West next year? Why don't you prove it this year by getting back to the playoffs and making one of those top seeds sweat? Then I'm more apt to believe that you add Clay and Wiseman and address the bench. Then this team could be right back there. Then we can have a conversation. This team had, you know, chumped out and been the frickin' 11th seed and let the Pelicans and the Spurs and the Grizzlies pass them up. That would be an issue for me. It really would. Um, I can forgive some of the the bad losses or the, you know, the, the tough losses with poor late game execution because clearly they figured a few things out and they've gotten better and they've gelled as the years gone on. So, you know, from a talent standpoint, they're right where they should be right now. You said it earlier, partner. Lakers, Blazers, Mavs, Nuggets, Clippers, Suns, Jazz, they're better basketball teams, period. But it doesn't mean the Warriors couldn't beat any of those teams, but they need to make sure that they're better than the Memphis Grizzlies, the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Kings. And right now, they've been able to do that. Just got to finish up the year strong. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco and Odyssey Station. Final couple of minutes here. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap up uh, on 95.7 The Game as the Warriors get the win tonight over the Jazz, 119-116. to uh, let's hear a little bit from Draymond, and we also want to get into this uh, Kent Bazemore-Bradley Beal uh, saga from from today. Uh, Kent Bazemore responded to the response, uh, so we'll, we'll get to that uh, coming up here in just a moment. But I, I did want to play uh, a quick cut from Draymond Green, and uh, it starts here with Anthony Slater asking him about the Defensive Player of the Year. Who do you think should be Defensive Player of the Year? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. <laughs> so that means it's you? Uh, you know basketball, I think you think it's me. So there you go. I think a little uh, little tip in from Logan Murdoch there at the end uh, as the, as the uh, Zoom session ends. So, I, I mean – realistic or I mean what I mean I I don't know we've talked a lot about the Steph MVP thing I haven't really thought much about like where I would rank Draymond he's been excellent the last month um uh, and, and he's had a good year defensively I think if there has been uh, a question regarding Draymond when we've had questions it's more been hey this team needs a little bit more scoring than it has been on the defensive and when he's played they've been you know, an excellent defensive team, a top five team basically all year. And I think a big part of the reason why they didn't start out that way was because he wasn't playing at the jump. 
Yeah, and and that's for me why it's it's going to be a problem for Draymond. And and look, I I think you know how you finish is a big deal. Rudy Gobert's been insane this year. Like you look at what he's been able to do. I, it's probably Gobert for me, um, and he's the runaway favorite right now. I mean, you got to sure. get down like they got guys like Adebayo, Embiid, Tenacupo, Miles Turner, who's been terrific defensively, Ben Simmons, uh, so all those said guys. It. Like, like yeah. is he top five? Like, is Draymond top five? Probably not. No, right? it goes right now. You look at the the current on on DraftKings. It's Gobert's minus five sixty, Simmons plus two fifty, Turner, Giannis, Joel, Adebayo, Capella, Paul George, and then Draymond's plus ten thousand. So yeah, no, he's not. He's top ten, but he's not top five. Well, and and look, and I and like I said, I think Draymond's had a good year defensively. I I just those two for me just haven't clicked this year and you know I, I obviously I mean he has a high opinion of his game and 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 all respect to him I mean he should uh and and I think you know there is some nuance to his game that 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 he likes to you know he likes to be able to explain to people hey you don't know how good or great I've been defensively because <laughs> you know defense doesn't show out like that to where unless you really know that like Draymond loves playing that card and I and I respect it but yeah I just you know all due respect to Draymond I and Again, he's been good. I just hadn't made that connection at any point. Yeah, look, if this team was, uh, you know, eight games over 500 right now, 10 games over 500, we might have that conversation. But Draymond said it himself at the beginning of the year. He wasn't in shape. Like, it's not, you know, and, and look, it's, it's all good. Like, dude, what, he had COVID, right? I mean, you know, he missed some time. So, you know, it's all, it's not a blame thing. It was a reality thing where a lot of these guys, they've had complete seasons. And, you know, Rudy Gobert, can be a complete difference maker for the Jazz for long stretches of games. Um, Draymond has picked a great time of the year to, to find that that highest gear, and um, I think so much of Draymond's value. Yes, it's on the defensive end, but also what he does offensively, setting up Steph and just being that point forward. I mean, he's fourth in the NBA in assists, so that's where the value of Draymond really starts to set in. He's a, a he's a, a two way player that has a really unique skill set and. Look, I'll, I'll give him all the credit in the world. This team's not going anywhere if Draymond's not going to be a huge part of it. Like, there's no way around it. But he ain't winning Defensive Player of the Year, not even close. All right, let's get to a couple of calls here, and then we'll go through the baysmore bradley Beal thing, and then we'll call it a night. Uh, but we appreciate the calls uh, into the 11 o'clock hour here, 888-957-9570. Uh, Antonio in Oakland. Uh, what's up, Antonio? Oh, man, another one, another victory, man. We thug that one out, you know what I'm saying? Like, Steph, who says he can't make clutch shots? Oh, yeah, Rob Parker, that's who. You know he calls him the gamote, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, it's all good. Steph hit that game-winning shot. He's like Tupac out here. Can't see me, you know? Hey, y'all, I'm just happy for a win, man. Move up in the standing somehow, some way. Just keep the ball rolling with wins. That's all I ever act for, man. And I uh, love the show, guys. Y'all know who I be. Peace out. Appreciate it, Antonio. Now, West Oakland, Sam. Uh, West Oakland, Sam. What's up? What's up, Sam? Hey. Hey. What's up, man? It's been a minute, y'all, man. Good to hear from y'all again, man. Uh, I mean, why not? I mean, why not Curry for MVP? Why not Draymond for Defensive Player of the Year? Here's a couple of reasons why. Players like Juan Toscano Anderson wouldn't have got the contract that he just got if it wasn't for Curry's gravity and what he's able to do within this offense. Players like, like, um, like Wiggins wouldn't have the best defensive season that he's ever had or the points that he's putting up if it wasn't for Draymond teaching him that type of defensive sequences. Um, Kent Bazemore having the best three-point season of his career. You have to realize the way we 
the structure of what an MVP means and the structure of what defensive player and, and what teaching defense is, these two players matter, Curry and Draymond. They are the reason why this team is where they are right now. You know what I'm saying? And and I remember at the beginning of the season, you guys were kind of knocking me, like whenever I said, this team kind of reminds me of we believe in a way, just because of we have two big stars and we have a bunch of role players that are putting it together towards the end of the season. It really reminds me of the We Believe season. And I don't know how far this team is going to go, but I just know everything is coming together at the right time, and I love to see how we're playing together right now. Um, Curry doesn't have to put up 23s a game. I was listening to Ray Rattle today. He was all like, it doesn't matter if Curry puts up, you know, 23s. It doesn't matter if Curry puts up three threes a game. It matters how the team plays around these two leaders. And that's what we're watching right now. We're watching a team grow up. We're watching our bench finally get put together for next season. If we don't do nothing this year, at least we know who matters for next season. I love you, but it's good to talk to you all again. All right, appreciate it. Uh, any thoughts on that before we, uh, before we get to Beal? I mean, uh, look, the, the bench is still going to be in flux. I think we know that. As far as we believe, hey, mess around and upset a one seed, and then we can have the conversation. <laughs> or, you know, push push the one seed if you do indeed get in as the eight seed. I think there's some parallels, but this was a team that went to five finals. So, like, Steph Curry's been, you know, got three titles. So does Draymond, two MVPs. Draymond's been a defensive player of the year. Nobody on that We Believe team had anything close to that on their resume. So just different expectations. I understand the, the, the parallels, though. There are some there, uh, and we always appreciate West Oakland, Sam. All right, l- let's hear from Kent Bazemore, and, and we got to set this up uh, appropriately here. Uh, it, this started uh, with Kent Bazemore after Bradley Beal's 50-point you know, uh, game uh, the other night, and uh, you know, Kent Bazemore took a little bit of a shot at Beal, uh, saying, hey, 49 points in 29 minutes, talking about Steph, that's unreal. We got guys hurting hamstrings. Uh, to keep up. Now, uh, this got into uh, a back and forth with Bradley Beal's wife uh, making some comments, uh, you know, saying, I'm mad we're even giving relevancy to someone most people don't even know, uh, didn't even know was in the league still. Uh, Then it got escalated beyond that on Twitter, uh, and uh, Bradley Beal kind of went off. Uh, You don't know me or bleep about me, bro, uh, and then you don't know why I go out there and play, and it damn sure ain't for another man's approval. You're lame, but it doesn't surprise me coming from you. Uh, that's uh, that's your type. That's how your type do. Uh, so uh, let, let's – you want to comment on that? Is there anything I missed I just, on that? No, you, you got it, and, and, and he kept and we'll going. we'll hear from he yeah, he was tweeting all night tonight about it. And it's like, look, man, I yeah, know Bazemore's a clown. He tweeted a yeah. clown, basically old Johnny Carson clown image of a, a gif of Bazemore called Bazemore clown. A lot, lot of different yeah. things. Yeah, and look, the the Wizards have needed Beal to be that dude for them to get back in the playing tournament conversation. But Ken Bazemore, first of all, seems like the nicest dude ever. Always got the big smile. And, and anytime you know somebody wants to besmirch somebody who's on a lower tier of them, you know, as far as higher NBA hierarchy. So oh, I don't even know he's in the league. Everybody knows who the you know who the hell Kent Bazemore is. Okay, so miss me with that. Um, I I love the way, and I know we're gonna hear from Kent Bazemore. Love the way he handled it. He should have Steph Curry's back. Come on. Yeah. All right. So let's hear from Kent Bazemore on his beef on his beef with Bradley Beal getting out of hand. 
I guess you can't joke anymore, but man, whatever. It's I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm a pretty lighthearted guy. I know I don't, you know, I stay at my own lane. I don't, you know, say things that ruffle feathers. But hey, man, it's just a. I, if you want to know what my loyalty is, it's the SC30. So I mean, anybody out there chasing them, it's gonna be tough. But you know, whatever. It, it kind of got out of hand. I didn't check my phone all day until after the game, so it's kind of blowing up. Uh, but you know, I ain't. I don't get involved in that crap, man. It's I'm gonna go home, love my wife, watch some Peaky Blinders, and go to bed. Do I got I got work to do tomorrow? So th- there you go. Pretty good. Pretty good response, I think, there from Kent Bazemore. And then uh, he was also asked, you know, if there was anything he needed to explain uh, about about the comments. I mean, it's nothing really explain. I was, you know, laughing, jokingly, you know, half hardly said. I mean, it's not like um, I said I hope he does it. You know, what I mean, he's already it's already out, and I ain't wish anything bad on him. It's just a comment. So you know, it's the kind of the world we're living in right now. A little bit sensitive, little 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 sore paw me out, sore paw out. You know, so whatever, man. To, you know, roll with the punches. Keep your head down. Keep going. This it'll pass, and like probably tomorrow, I wake up and everything will be the same. I ain't, I ain't got time for all that Twitter trash. So there you go. I I, I, I kind of like the answers. I do think, you know, Bradley Beal, you know, he, he probably overreacted a little bit on, on this thing tonight. But at the same time, like, you know, you and I, we know you we, we both can run a little hot, man. And, you know, you, I, I kind of there's a part of me that kind of appreciates the Bradley Beal part of this, too. Like, dude, don't be coming at me like with anything like, you know, I don't care if you were joking or not. Don't be coming at me like that. So there, I, I get it kind of for both sides. I think Baysmore, though, tonight, at least he, he handled himself well. Yeah. Bradley Beal's entitled to his opinion. If he wants to sound off, obviously, he's got the platform to do it. He's a baller, too. And he's probably pissed that he's not going to have a chance to win the scoring title. And I even said on the pregame today before I even knew any of this madness was going on, I was disappointed that Beal was hurt because I wanted to see this thing go down to the end. Like, that's part of the fun of a scoring title race. Two guys duking it out to the final day of the year. And when, you know, Beal pops for 50 and Steph for 49 on the same night, like, yeah, man, give me another week of that. Uh, so it was disappointing. And Bazemore's got Curry's back as he should. Beal wants to clap back. It's all good. And then I think Bazemore handled it pretty solidly. So, yeah, all in all, a lot of marks to go around. And uh, then you keep – Bazemore's right, though. This will all blow over tomorrow. And, and the big picture part of it for me, too, is the NBA needs more of this. Like, the NBA needs more guys going back and forth and, and legitimately – you know, having having some lighthearted beefs with each other, and and you know what, you know what, I don't like what that dude said, and you know what, I don't like that he said. Like, let let's have some of that back and forth, and let's let's have it translate to more intensity on the basketball floor when teams play each other. Because you know, you you look and there's a number of stories out today about the ratings for the for the NBA on, on television, you know, being down dramatically over last year, and to me, the number one reason. The number one reason is because there isn't a lot of true, uh, you know, the the, the, the play, there, is, there aren't true rivalries. There are, there are too many games where there isn't legitimate intensity back and forth, where you feel like the, the teams playing against each other don't like each other. Like, that's what makes for compelling sport. It, it feels all a little too connected, a little too a part of, yes, the, the same fraternity, and that's fine, but it just, it feels all too, it's just, it's too nice, and it's too, you know, this game doesn't matter, and I'm taking that night off, and, and oh, we're going to rest this guy here, and, and, and even the games that do get played, it's blowout city, which impacts things. Give me more of this Beal Bazemore stuff. I think it's good for ball. 
Shout I out agree, hundred percent. No, shout out Michael Urban all day. We love your herbs, and yes, I totally agree. And and let it let let some intrigue get drummed up around this. Give me some more storylines, and then go back it up with some ballerific play. It's postseason time, man. I want these guys talking out of the side of their neck a little bit and taking this stuff personal. That's what it takes. That kind of mentality is what it takes to win championships. So yeah, I'm in on that too, JD. All right, so good stuff, my man. Uh, another hour here, man. We went we went in a little overtime. We got a little late tonight because the game went a little late tonight, and, and we just we just kept it rolling, man. That's a good solid hour plus, and uh, you know, so good. We get to do it again tomorrow, five thirty. Hey, Looking forward to it, my hey, man. When they beat the Jazz, we'll we'll go as long as it takes, baby. We'll go deep into the night. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, this is a, this is a fun week. This is uh, they've got some big time hoop coming up, and obviously it'll culminate with that big game against Memphis on Sunday. So yeah, man, I'm here for all of it and uh, fired up. Good stuff tonight, partner. Yeah, good stuff uh, for Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. Uh, thanks to uh, Sterling. Uh, thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios as well. A great job there, Bobby Spang as well. Getting a lot of the stuff cut up. Uh, that we're playing uh, here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, so good stuff for one and all. Warriors get the win over the Jazz. We're back tomorrow, 5.30, quick turnaround, second of the back-to-back. The Phoenix Suns are in town with their 48-20 and record. Jim Barnett will join us for Warriors Live coming up uh, at 5.30. So uh, keep it locked right here, 95.7 The Game, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.